one advice I would give with all these hats, take time to manage, <laughs> take time to figure out what hats are the most important to you that you can actually carry and what hats you can give to somebody else. Um, back to this week's podcast episode. I'm Christine, I'm your host, and I'm back here with Zoe, and we're talking about what it's like to run a successful social enterprise. Welcome back, Zoe. Starting and marketing your own business, as well as productivity, to better balance your student and business life. Turn your idea into reality. I'm your host, Christine. Let's start this episode. for a long time, so I'm just so excited to get into this. <laughs> yes, me too. And everyone, if you haven't listened to the first episode, I really recommend it um, because Zoe is introducing herself a bit. We're talking about social enterprise in general, um, what it's like, what uh, she's all about. But in, in um, summary, basically, uh, Miss Independent uh, is her social enterprise and she's working with schools, colleges and universities, um, supporting the female future leaders, let's say. <laughs> um, yes, I love um, that. Yes, basically she specialized in the um, gender pay gap that is still very present in uh, these days um, and this time in the world, which is strange. Some um, countries more, some countries less. And um, she's doing a lot of education and giving entrepreneurial and career skills to young women so they can start at a young age to be aware of maybe this um, issue but also to be prepared for this world so just a quick summary of that and today we're talking about the different hats that you have to wear when you run a social enterprise and in fact uh, when you have your own startup in general because uh, even if you are not a social enterprise you all of a sudden become this person that has to deal with everything or let's say you have a business partner, you can you can share these responsibilities. Um, but a lot of times it's not a full team right at the beginning or outsourcing everything from the beginning because you might want to bootstrap your um, your company, your startup. Uh, but if you run a social enterprise, there's also all kind of different other things that you have yep. to uh, think about. So Zoe. Uh, let's get started and maybe dive right in uh, talking about the different hats that you're wearing or that you were wearing and now maybe um, were able to outsource. Yes, uh, honestly, I was actually listing um, all of them and so far I came up with 10. <laughs> I know it would take so long if I go through every single one of them, but um, so um, I mean in detail, but I will go through the ones that I feel like are more prominent and the ones that I struggle with the ones that are more prominent that I struggle with maybe find easy and then but I would list all of them but yeah I think especially when you start a social enterprise um you just touched on this Christine a little bit by yourself so I started by myself and um, I didn't have a co-founder uh, at the time and well now I did I don't have a co-founder and so starting by yourself you wear the hat of everybody. So you are your own marketing person, research person. Um, you are the, per you do your own funding. You do your own accounts. You do, uh, you deliver the service as well. You deliver the service, you get your feedback, which um, I didn't know it was going to be that difficult until I started. And so, yeah, the, the first, I think first things first, when you start by yourself and you don't have the money or the luxury of having the money to start, or even sometimes 
even though um, people get funding and people have volunteers, it's still quite a lot that the founder, the person that starts it by themselves has to wear on. But that was me personally. Um, I found the marketing part really difficult when I first started, mm-hmm. I still kind of struggle with it. And um, I outsourced it, I started outsourcing it last year. I'm now looking for, well, I'm, I'm signing a new contract with um, a new uh, virtual assistant who is going to take over the marketing and admin. Oh, admin hat as well. <laughs> looking at your, the amount of emails you have to go through <laughs> daily. So yeah, um, so yeah, so I would say, um, okay, I've, like I said, I've got 10, 10 hats that I will just, briefly to say and then we can you could ask me questions about each and every one of them but yeah you have the one the actual business hat versus I think the two uh, so here are the top 10 business hat your social entrepreneur hat a manager being a manager being a coach and a trainer for me specifically because I go into schools um having being support system to some of the girls as well a lot of them come the girls that I work with um, have quite traumatic backgrounds um and you end up when you have these sessions with them you end up being like a support system and that could be that's something that I didn't necessarily think I was going to encounter I thought I'd teach the sessions give them the tools and the information and then you know move on to the next cohort of girls but a lot of them do see me as like their big sister their support system and uh, that that I didn't actually anticipate when I started the program um and then a woman's advocate again like a lot of companies that are focused on women activism and things like that reach out to me and want me to speak up more about women um and be a voice in in what in bigger spaces um a social entrepreneur just advocate in general a funding hat now I think this is something that is prominent I'd love to talk about more about when you are a social entrepreneur you do rely a lot on funding from other uh, like grants and um, fundraising from companies because you you have that charitable you know social side and um, that can be difficult sometimes because some companies I felt feel like they can they almost um they see you as a tick box so they really want you to fit in the tick box and I feel like when you are someone that's so passionate about your cause it's hard to fit in a tick box it's hard to just you know like you said it's hard to just fit into the the confined areas that they want you to be in so that you can get the funding and you have to sometimes play the game and play the game so you can get the funding so you can go um and help the people that you're supposed to be helping but or sometimes I've had to say no because it's too much of a box that they want to squeeze me in um you've got to be your own research <laughs> researcher um and then again like I said marketing and admin so those are all my 10 those are all my 10 uh, Christine I don't know if you want me to go into mm-hmm. more detail about some of the ones I really struggle with yeah I think um, there will be even more and like you say that some are very specific mm-hmm. because yeah. of what you're doing um yeah. but it's nonetheless it's uh, excellent uh, to to go through them in more detail I think obviously there will be it's like you you are an accountant also you are an um, yeah. HR person because uh, like you say HR of that <laughs> training yeah exactly so um all of a sudden you have all these different roles um not just you zoe but you listeners also uh, in general and you um i like that you said okay there's also some hats that you didn't even think about when you started this and this will be the case you will encounter different situations where you thought oh i didn't know i have to handle 
this, uh, I have to deal with that. Um, and um, also there will be skills missing that you don't have because not everyone can do everything. However, it's um, good to improve yourself, to get new skills, to equip yourself with new skills. And like you said, marketing was one of the more difficult one. And I can always say, I mean, my background is marketing advertising, obviously. So I'm quite deep in that, uh, uh, in that topic, but I can say it's one of the most difficult ones I think to acquire mm -hmm. because you can learn about okay what kind of taxes do you have to pay when do you have to do the tax return and what do you need to do for that it's yeah, very straightforward yeah. marketing is not um I do it's try not, to yeah. make it easy uh, for people to understand at least the basics um and what it actually means because also marketing is not uh, sales <laughs> and um, that's yes. another thing all of a sudden you're also a salesperson oh yes um, sales yeah that's another how yeah. us identify yeah exactly so and there will be many more that we don't even think about yeah. yet and will not discuss but yeah marketing is one of the skills that is um, more difficult to acquire I would think because it's constantly evolving as well in the world yes um, yes it really is it's so time consuming um, yeah, and all the admin uh, people uh, underestimate all the admin that comes with it. So I like that you said admin stuff as well. You would get a virtual assistant. Me personally, also I have I do have an assistant as well. Um, she plays multiple kind of roles for me because uh, she's uh, very clever and uh, diverse in the things that she can do. Um, however, it's not always easy to to find someone like that. Um, but yeah, let's dive deeper into. The hats, if you like. Yes, I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll start with the marketing one because I think you hit the nail on the head, and I know because you're you specialize in this area. Um, it's the time-consuming part of marketing, and I think where, before when I was doing, you know, involved in marketing in a company, I think it was it was nice because one, it's not your own budget. Um, so you can throw out all the ideas that you need, you need um, and you want to see. And then also you're, I was working with other specialists. So for me, I just had to be the ideas person. Maybe I have to take a bit of, take a few photos. I might have to help with the caption, but the, the marketeers were doing a majority of the bulk work when I was working um, at, the, at, the students, at the University of Students Union. But then when you start your own company, you suddenly feel the pressure of, wait, this is me now, like I'm representing this company. If anything that goes wrong, you feel the weight of it. If anything is put out there that doesn't represent you properly, you find, you feel that, I felt that weight on me. Um, and so then it made me feel like I wanted to be a perfectionist in everything that you want to put out there. Or, and then you realize all the different types of marketing, like you said, it's very different to sales and it's constantly evolving, like you said. Um, so I just found like the time, it being time consuming, there was such weight on it because I was, you know, it's you, uh, you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to uh, put yourself in a position where um, you are represented, your brand is represented or misrepresented and it's your fault. And that became, that weighed heavily on me as well. So, I mean, some of the thing, advice that I got was just get that area because it's not my expertise. I was like, I'm not supposed to, not that I'm not supposed to, but I need to outsource it. So I was like, either I get someone in-house to work full-time to do that, um, which I'm working towards as we get the money to do that. But at the time I just was like, I'm outsourcing it. I'm gonna get someone that is specializing in this. And this is the beauty of the evolving 
tech world and um we can we can have these virtual assistants etc so now i'm in the, in the middle i've got i've found two more i found one last year that i liked but we decided that we would part ways um and then this year i found a new um just found a new two that i'm deciding between so i definitely feel like marketing and admin if you can outsource it outsource it because it can weigh quite heavily on you um and yeah i think like you said when it comes to like finance and doing your own accounts and stuff you can train there's some hats you can train yourself with like doing my own tax returns i can train myself to do that but i realize marketing is you study it for a reason people have degrees and things in it it's not that you couldn't learn how to do it but i i realized that was not my strength so that was one um i like that you spoke about it and obviously it's your it's your uh, background um the other one i briefly touched about the other two hats i think clash are the business hat and the social entrepreneur hat i had a conversation with another social entrepreneur about a year ago on on my podcast and he said be, he hit the nail on the head with me he was like because i'm not driven by money i'm driven by the social part of the business it i struggle with so he can do a lot of stuff for free and forget that oh my gosh i've got bills to pay <laughs> oh my gosh you've got to be quite ruthless with your budget um, and yeah. i and so you can't say yes to everything in the social you know in the social atmosphere and i realized yeah actually that's what so, so i come from economic background so ma managing money and and um talking about money is not an issue for me but when you do get into the social spaces when i'm coaching or when i'm speaking to schools who want an extra session they you want to give them the extra session because maybe they do need it but your budget doesn't allow you to so and if you keep saying yes to everybody for an extra session you have to realize that's like an extra what 200 300 pounds an hour that you do with them that's out of your budget you're doing it for free where you could have been offering xyz to somebody else and um you're losing money the more you do those three things and it does clash with your social your social um cause and your social morale and you have to constantly juggle that hat and it's never easy it's never easy to say no um to people that you feel like really need it um yeah, again exactly. that's that support system yeah the support system that i ended up being for some some girls I can't carry every single one of them. I can't talk to you all every single no. time, every day. But what, yeah, so what we have done, so I've had to learn to distance myself and create some space in that aspect, as well as um, what I have done now. So I have two part-time staff members. Uh, one of them does work on membership. Um, so we do have like this email membership um, where girls can subscribe after you have, um, after you have, finished our program and we will do once a month question and answers um on a zoom and we send weekly emails about other things that are out there that can help them uh, with their career so that they don't feel the need to constantly email me directly um to be like oh i want to have a one-to-one -one. i want to talk to you about this i want to talk to you about that that membership is there for them so i've seen that that has really helped me to um distance myself in that sense of being someone's personal support system because it's yeah. a lot and it's that it may sound mean but i only i still have only 24 hours in a day i can't no i think that i meet yeah yeah completely valid right. also if you think about it because um 
it's you that is delivering training it's you so people yeah. get drawn to you as a person exactly and um which is completely fine and uh, lovely of course um and you try to do as much as you can but uh, as you say right and you want to have an impact on as many people as possible as well and not um just single ones um so i think that's a perfect uh, solution and also, um, with regards of outsourcing things, there's um, also one other thing I wanted to say. Yes, um, outsource as much as you can. If you start with volunteers, uh, interns, or whatever, there's yep. different kind of things. However, if you do that, you outsource it to someone who needs training on the topic um, by someone yes. who knows what they're doing. So there's uh, also work involved if you want to get someone, let's say, who's not really qualified maybe to do that job um, because they're at the beginning or they're they're just learning about it themselves which is fine it can be a great help however just keep in mind that there's also work involved in that by having someone that you need to um, manage that you need to oversee exactly. and to provide training yeah and the last yeah. thing with the outsourcing no matter what you want to outsource it's good to have a good understanding about the thing that you're outsourcing, the topic that you're outsourcing, yes. to make sure you will find the right person for it. Because if you don't know anything about marketing, if you don't know anything about accounting or whatever you want to outsource, then um, it's difficult to find in the jungle that, of yep. people yep. Uh, who would be the right person to do that. Because everyone can just say yes. things that you don't know if they're true or not. So that would be just... Exactly, that is such a really good point. There. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, um, uh, Christine. So as much as I'm saying I'm outsourcing now, I've been doing this for, you know, uh, just around five years. Uh, I'm glad I did it in the beginning. I did everything in the beginning because I know how exactly I want my brand to run. So like you said, I have a good understanding of finances and filing my taxes, et cetera. I do have an accountant who does um, the business um, accounts and uh, does my payroll, my, my team's payroll, but um, I do my own... Um, we'll talk about this a bit later but I do my own um, taxes for as self-employed part of my of, of my job so yes I have a good understanding of how how the basics work and I can ask those kind of questions as well as when I finally decided you know it's good to outsource the marketing I knew exactly what I wanted in my brand I knew what I wanted to sound like and speak um, what my company wanted to be like so I could guide them and I think that is really important the moment you start to outsource anything you've got to give them very clear instructions about how you want your brand your, how you want to be represented in those areas so yeah I'm glad for the struggle years because it, that made me know exactly what I wanted to yeah, when I outsource it, I know what kind of expectations I want to give and also hiring people. So that's the next hat, being a manager and being, um, I know that some people find it hard to be a manager and a business owner as well. Um, and um, I did, I, I, when, I, when I was working by myself, I became so used to how I work. Then when I had people and had people, I realized, oh my gosh, like you said, you've got to train them. Uh, they work differently to you. They have different emotions and temperaments as well to you. So you have to, and especially as a small team, it's different from coming from a big, um, you know, like me and you both working before at a university where there's so many staff members and so many people having a small team that it's all reliant on you. There's a different type of pressure um, and conversations that you have to have 
uh, with which each which with each staff member. So you definitely have to invest a lot of time in training them, and um, find a balance. Find about working balance. I feel like now I've got it's been like a year and a bit, and I feel like I've got the working balance. So I just feel like one advice I would give with all these hats take time to manage <laughs> take time to figure out what hats are the most important to you that you can actually carry and what hats you can give to somebody else um also I think don't put too much pressure on yourself like I've learned in the last two years that this business is a marathon and I want this business to last a long time so if I want it to last a long time I have to just give myself the time to get to get to my end result, um, to get to a point where, oh, I have a bigger team, I have a bigger office space, et cetera. So it's going to take time to do that. And that's okay. I think that's one thing we're always trying to rush to the next point. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to get to the next point and the next level. But when you're carrying so many hats and juggling, you've got to realize you're doing a disservice to the cause that you're trying to focus on as a social entrepreneur and a disservice to yourself if you're trying to do everything. So I learned to limit things right down um right down to the top maybe five so I was like you know what I can I can do before I could hire anybody or had the money to to outsource what I did was I just narrowed it down to the maybe the top five that I can do five days a week um or whilst I was working part-time so that was I can do how x maybe two schools a week for a certain price and then I can have an admin day where I do my finances and see all my emails on my and then I could do a bit of marketing I don't stress myself to put out something on social media every single day then send emails as well because email marketing I think is way more valuable for me every single day I just narrowed it to once a week um but doing something quality once a week so I do think when you are struggling to juggle these hats it's about really honing in on what can I do by myself and then when I have a team and I expand what can they also also do um when I get to that point and um that's what helped me to slow things down and not stress myself out to the point of exhaustion <laughs> yeah I think and that's uh, extremely important I mean looking after yourself um especially if you're in a field like you are where you then let's say look after others <laughs> in that case uh, especially the way it, it worked out is extremely important and and never underestimate if you if you having if you're offering a service for example you run workshops uh, you run uh, boot camps or anything where you deliver a service to people don't underestimate the preparation and the things that oh, you have yes. afterwards because sometimes we think oh yeah I feedback can, yeah i can do um I can do five workshops because there's five days in the week. And so every day, mm -hmm. I can do one. but you have to prepare for the workshop. You have to then uh, do all the work afterwards. And there's maybe a follow-up, maybe uh, like in your case, yes. it's a series of workshops. So it's not um, just the delivery time you have to consider, but also the preparation time and the, the aftermath really that yeah. comes with it. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Like you have to do feedback and you get tired, like, um, so for me, I narrowed it down to now, currently, I only deliver Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. And I have Monday and Friday, Monday to just sort of sort out my week and get my team together and et cetera. And then Friday being like my admin day as well. So um, 
I that's that's how I work at the moment and you can you can start when you are delivering a service you can tell people this is what I prefer these are my days that I'm available you don't have to explain why <laughs> these are the days that are available so it had that having that kind of work um I would say work-life balance has helped me a lot in the last I think I've been doing it for about six months now the last six months has allowed me to really um be more pro productive so I do think setting boundaries in your work week so that you can fit all of these things in because I do have to prepare like you said I also have to give my feedback at the end of the sessions um or write type up feedback at the end of sessions and um, I do surveys etc to collect the feedback and send it back to the students to, to the schools so it's important to add put all those in to the day and then like I said you get tired like sometimes I'll work with a group of of girls and there is exhausting you come home you just sleep <laughs> and you've got to that's why those three days of delivery it gives me the flexibility to do all of that so definitely really um spend time with what what would be your ideal schedule I know you can't always get it but you can work towards it my final hat I did struggle with um is that and I spoke about it briefly in the beginning was the funding hat being writing my own funding bids and um especially mm -hmm. there's a lot of funding opportunities out here but when you are a social entrepreneur it's like I said you are a tick box to a lot of companies so they expect they have really high expectations um or no I would say high but very specific expectations that sometimes your social cause doesn't always tick every single box that they want or fit the box that you they want for you and you have to evaluate for me at first I was very very proud um I would say I didn't want to compromise anything of my cause to get the funding and that you could be less struggling <laughs> if you do that so what I had to do was I had to read between I had to be smart um because at the end of the day you are running a business you have to have to get money in some way and so you have to I had to learn to in some ways have to compromise figure out what I can compromise of my cause and what I can't and um I realized there are some stuff that you can compromise and I think people see that word compromise as a negative word no maybe maybe the funding just wants you to do a, a lengthier something a bit more lengthy something or they want you mm. to um um I think my recent one they wanted me to just focus on a specific type uh, spe specific girls from a specific background and I was like well I want to help with this background and this background and I was like fine then what you could do is get uh, get the funding for this girls from these backgrounds and then get a, another set of funding for these girls to cover the other background and then join forces like there's always a way to work around it so I say before you stop think about what you can compromise think about what you can't compromise and think about a way that maybe you can work around it there's always a way to work around it but I'll say in the beginning I really just kept saying no I'll get to a funding bid and I felt like oh you want to keep me in this tick box I'll just walk away from it but now I feel like I know how to play the game but at the end of the day my main cause is as long as I'm impacting these young women the way I believe it's best there's nothing wrong with okay let me play a little bit of the game to get that funding and so yeah I know that might sound a bit I think some social entrepreneurs when I said that to them they find that a bit um like your oh Zoe you're you're not standing for your cause properly and I was like well you can't always have it your way in life um you've got to mm. you've got to take maybe take a step back to leap forward at another cause and so yeah that one I did struggle with in the beginning but I think I've got a good balance of it now 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, you, you're saying, right, it's not always only your way or no way. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, there is a lot of funding out there. And as long as the outcome is what you want it to be, the way you get there, um, in, yes. within morals, of course. <laughs> But like you, you said, mentioned playing the game, and that's right. It, it sounds uh, maybe not positive for people, but it's the way the world works, the way the funding works, mm -hmm. the jungle, and we're going to talk about this in another episode a bit more, but yep. it's the jungle out there to understand, um, maybe never fully to understand, and then um, getting the funding um, can be done in, in different ways. The outcome is the same in the end, uh, and if you enjoy doing what you were doing there, I think it's completely okay um, to do that as well but there's so many rules and regulations around funding that you do have to play the game let's say um, uh, and that is not meant in a negative way it's just because if you try to do only your way like you say um, you won't get very far most of the time so I think exactly yeah. it's completely fine and Uh, you have a wider cause in general and you want to impact uh, people as much as you can in a positive way and if you have to um, maybe adjust the, um, the project the delivery then uh, why not why not yeah 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 exactly that I like the way that that's the summary there sometimes you have to adjust your projects but look at the bigger cause at the end of the day so yeah mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, any any other hats or anything else that you wanted to mention that we didn't get around to yet? <laughs> no, do you know what? This time I proper wrote them down. So I know I've touched on all the ones I wanted to, I wanted to focus on. Okay. Uh, so absolutely, I've touched on everyone that I wanted to focus on. You've highlighted some that have been great to talk about as well. But um, definitely, I know that we've covered a majority of the areas that I think any social entrepreneur will have find their way, find um, They will, find, they will find for themselves. And I know that we've given some good gems for someone out there that can use it. So yeah, I definitely so, sure. everything's been said. <laughs> and uh, for sure, we gave a good overview of uh, the things that are involved. Like um, we said at the beginning, there's always more hats that we didn't think of or that might some hats that might not be as applicable to you. And if you are not a service-based business, but a product-based business, there might be Again, other things, because all of a sudden you become a product um, developer. You also are a strategist <laughs> all of a sudden. Yes. Oh my gosh, you are. And everything. So um, thank you so much for giving insight. I can't wait for the next episode because there we're going to focus yes. on women in entrepreneurship, which is, of course, your expertise uh, there as well. So women in social enterprises specifically. Um, and uh, in the last episode, we're going to keep that tension there for people to guess what it's about although we mentioned it already in this episode however you will hear about yeah. uh, more about it next week um thank you so much for your time zoe i really enjoy our conversation my pleasure um love uh, hearing more about your journey thank you my pleasure honestly it gives me so much energy when we do these <laughs> so i'm excited for next week perfect thank you That was it. Thanks for tuning in. And just to let you know, there's a free 30-day Kickstart Your Business Challenge available on my website, creativestartupacademy.com kickstart. And it turns your business idea into reality in just 30 days. And if you could leave a review for this podcast, please, please, please do so because it will help me with my ranking. 
Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to talking to you next time. Bye-bye.